Hello world, and welcome back to another station with your favorite hosts, Keshvar and Arya. And we are here to bring you another exciting episode, but this time it's actually exciting. It's always exciting, but this time we have a special guest. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have a guest with us today, and his name is Dr. Bahram Jam. Um, and so, doctor, why don't you... Uh, Introduce yourself. Well, I don't want to mislead anyone. I'm a physiotherapist. I have my doctorate in physiotherapy. But technically, yes, you can say I'm a doctor. But with patients, I'm a physiotherapist. Just so I've clarified it. Nice. So what do you do? And um, share with us a little bit about yourself and your philosophies and your work. Well, I'm an addict. An addict to learning. And constantly... <laughs> learning about everything in the world and who isn't. We should all be have that addiction. But specifically because I'm in the profession of health and wellness and I deal with people who are experiencing pain, either acute pain or chronic pain, but they've had it for years. And I really make it a mission to learn as much about it as possible so I can help as many as possible. The challenge is there's so much information out there, is endless amount of information, and to picking out which is actually effective, which is right. not effective, and going through the and there's research. There's a lot studies. of like contradicting information, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And That's the hard part. And the reason it's contradicting is because you can say both are right, because every individual is so unique. And so you can never come up with one health magic answer uh, that would cure everyone. But I've tried to come up with magic answers that will help the majority of people. Right. And a lot of people, I think, because we're in the age of the internet, we just like see any fat that's going on and we're like, yeah, we can do that. And so on this episode, we're going to talk about things that generally people go for and it may not necessarily be true or things you may never have known and that you would be surprised to find out actually impact your health in a better way that Baram actually has figured out. And he can share all those amazing things with us. I'm doing my best, but you mentioned the internet. I just want to say internet is probably one of the major causes of chronic pain right now because people go to Dr. Google. Yeah, and it's always you have cancer. Yeah, or anything, all this thing. You got arthritis, you got this. You just have to Google image any diagnosis you've been given and that Im those images get imprinted in the brain and leads to you experiencing a lot more pain than you should be versus if you had never looked that crap up on the internet in the first place and just trusted the doctor or somebody that you trust, your physiotherapist, whoever it is that you trust would be far better than going on the internet. So you suggest not looking up symptoms and stuff? On Absolutely, I recommend not doing it. Okay. Because you may think, well, I understand myself, then I can take care of myself. No, find a doctor or a healthcare provider that you trust. Because obviously they've devoted more years of their life studying than any amount that you can put on Google to learn something. Well, That's so true. I have an interesting um, thought to ask you about because I'm recently reading the book You Are the Placebo um, by, I believe it's Wayne Dyer. Yes. And he talks about how, actually it's Joe Dispenza, I lied, I'm sorry. But he talks about how he's had patients where they've gone to the doctor, they've been diagnosed and everything, and they've gotten multiple, you know, diagnoses of you have cancer, you're going to die. And then they give themselves a month to live. Yes. And this one man in particular was like, I want to live till Christmas. That was his goal. And he got better. Christmas came around. After Christmas, health declined. He died. 
they did an autopsy on his body and they found out all those diagnoses were wrong. He didn't actually have any of that cancer, but he believed he did. Mm-hmm. So then that implemented his things. So when you're talking about the age of the internet, are you talking about then all those things are making your mind create those sicknesses for you or or is it? Yes, absolutely. We all know the placebo effect, right. where you perceive you're going to get better and people do. And the drug industry, the pharmaceutical industry detests the placebo effect because right. the vast majority of drugs never get approved because they don't really do better than the placebo. But the equally powerful uh, factor that exists is the nocebo effect, mm-hmm. where people read the side effects of a medication. If doctors tell them they do, they're far more likely to experience the side effects yeah, right. than doctors who don't tell them about the side effects. So when you go on the internet and you read about all the potential things you may have, yeah. it's a hundred percent a nocebo effect in action. And that's because you you start expecting those symptoms. Correct, and your body manifests. Mm. So if you have patients, what is when you start diagnosing them? Because I so I've actually been one of your patients multiple yes. times. I've broken things before, and uh, he is my number one go-to. But how do you immediately? tend to like talk to them about their situation and what's going on the number one goal that every healthcare professional should have but unfortunately it's not the number one goal is to minimize the fear that people are experiencing Mm -hmm. minimize if there's nothing more important that we could do whether socrates you know hippocrates says it or anything but the way the healthcare system is set up is actually to maximize people's fear the second thing is people want to be heard there's just that they're acknowledged about their pain. Right. And usually it's a Russian go, okay, tell me what it is. And people don't feel acknowledged. Those two are the most important thing for somebody to recover, that they've been validated, they've been heard, and that the healthcare professional hasn't added more fear to them. So right. I would say, how do you know your doctor's good or your therapist's good? Ask yourself when you leave their office, do you actually feel emotionally, psychologically better or do you feel worse? Right. If you consistently feel worse leaving your doctor's office, change see somebody else yep wow that that makes me reevaluate some of the doctors i've seen before well i mean i i recently went to the doctor but specifically an eye doctor and she gave me some news and and it was like it could have been it should have been the way she could have said it was a lot scarier but she was like it's fine we'll figure it out you know we'll get we'll get tests and things done and i was like oh i don't feel that bad even though like it could be something bad right so I think when you have that, your fear factor of then not wanting to research everything goes down. Because I wasn't as keen to be like, how do I, how do I fix this? How do I make this better? Compared to if I was completely freaked out, I think. So. Absolutely. And the healthcare system is generally, um, it's called over-medicalization. It over-medicalizes everything we have. And that's just because as patients, individuals, we want a medical diagnosis right. to know exactly what is going on. And majority of times, we don't know what's exactly going on. Right. Mm. And I, I wanted to ask you specifically about something that I did and how you treated it. So if you remember, I broke my foot a few years ago yes. and I came to you. Yes. And your reaction was, it's fine, put it in like the cast boot and walk around with it, right? Yes. And I did that. And I went to the hospital like I think a week and a half later because my foot was kind of still swollen. I walked in there and the funny thing was the lady freaked out at me when she took my x-ray. She's like, you have a broken foot. Like you've been walking around on this. 
And I was like, I then I freaked out because I was like, yeah. you told me it was okay, right? And I went back to you and you're like, yeah, but it's fine. It'll heal by itself. Walk on it. So when you gave me that advice and you told me it would heal, contradictory to what my doctors had said, they actually said it would take like six to eight weeks to heal. And when I used your method and then I went, I literally went swimming with you guys, went camping, everything. I went back to my doctor in four weeks and they're like, how did you heal it so fast? What'd you do? Did you not move it like we told you? And I did the opposite. So did why you, did, did you, you say that? Did you tell them that? I did. I was like, I used it. And they were like, they didn't, have, they didn't have anything to say to me at that point because that wasn't what they told me to do, right? So right. when I, when a lot of people like, you know, you go to a, you may have to go to a walk-in or something like that and you're told something that's way worse than it is. What's your philosophy? Like, especially about, you know, how people break things or the way the body heals. Yeah, I'm a big fan of evolution, evolutionary biology, looking at how we've evolved for millions of years right. and looking at how other animals are surviving. And here's the truth, as human beings right now, we are in, um, we're experiencing more chronic pain than ever in the history of mankind. Right. Like more population, we're looking at billions and hundreds of billions of dollars are spent annually on treating just chronic pain. Mm -hmm. Some, now we, medicine has come a long way in increasing our longevity. Don't get me wrong, we've eradicated diseases and viruses and fighting COVID and right. we're gonna eradicate that too like smallpox, cancer, survival rate is better than it's ever been. Mm -hmm. You can take somebody's leg who's, you know, amputated, put it back together. Like they do amazing stuff, surgery, neurological stuff, right. unbelievable, kidney transplants. However, when it comes to pain, we failed miserably. <laughs> the only thing the medical system has right now is opioids. And we know where opioid stands. Right. And there's injections of steroids and stuff that they go right. where they stand. I've I, heard some doctors are scared to prescribe opioids. Rightly so. Opioids are good for post-surgery and they're good for cancer pain. Outside of that, for treating pain that is not cancer right. and is not post-surgery or palliative, let's say. You give somebody morphine to make them ease. Absolutely. Opioids are wonderful. So we don't want to make a general statement. But when it comes to just pain that is unexplained yeah. and prescribing it, it's been disastrous. Right. It's only increased it. So what is going on is the over-medicalization and over-treatment of stuff. So right. when you said you had a fracture, I would say put weight on it as tolerated. Mm -hmm. Why would I put the fear into you? Now, if the bone was sticking out of your skin, I'd say, okay, you need surgery to you know, right, put pins right. and plate in there. But if it's not, how would your ancestors have done that, dealt with this years ago? Like 100 years ago or 10,000 years ago. They would have walked on it. When a dog hurts his leg, it just puts weight on it Slowly. as much as tolerated. Yeah. It doesn't even get an extra. And it gets better because the body will get better. Now we put it in a cast until you don't put any weight on it. And the less loading it gets, the slower the healing is. Mm -hmm. Now, there's exceptions. There's certain things that you want to completely not put weight on it. Right. But your body would know. Right. My whole point... You know, I know you came, uh, you wanted me to talk to you a little today about my book with right. his health tips to learn from children and chimpanzees. Yeah. Uh, it's basically because, you know, what would a chimpanzee do if it had a broken foot? Yeah. It would put weight on it as tolerated. If the pain was severe, it would limp completely as a dog would. Right. That's all. That's why I treated you like I would, like an animal would. <laughs> great. That sounds very, very loving. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, and I, I personally agree because... As we've mentioned before, like, you know, your thoughts are also really important. And so I believed him. I genuinely, like, I believed him over my doctor. And I and I had another major surgery on my knee. And the same thing happened where obviously, you know, I took it slow. But I genuinely was, like, so dead set mentally of, like, 
it's gonna heal. It's gonna be fine. I'm gonna fix it. And my, again, the doctor was like, what the hell did you do? Don't do, like, what are you doing? Why is it healing so fast? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just like moving it the way I want to and the way I feel I can, even though like people would sometimes like other, another physiotherapist yeah. looked at me and she's like, ah, oh, like don't move it so fast. I was like, but it feels fine to me. Like it feels good. It doesn't feel bad or scary. Right. But I think when you listen to people and you don't listen to yourself as intuitively, yeah. you get scared then or misaligned. Also, I guess if your doctor is scared, then that makes you scared. Yeah. Right. Because you're like, they know more than me. So if they're scared about my situation, I should be scared. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to make a wonderful point. And most physiotherapists and doctors are, I want to be on the side of caution. Right. Right. And that side of caution is actually causing more problems than good. Yeah. Now there's, there's limits to this, right? If you're profusely bleeding, you got to see the emergency. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about those emergency cases where it's mm -hmm. caution. But just because of pain, for example... The greatest example that I see in the clinic day in, day out for decades is when people um, hurt their back. Like they bend forward and twist, pick up something and they hurt their back. Right. Then they're told after that, never bend forward and twist again because it's bad <laughs> for your back. To me, that's preposterous. Yes, you bend forward. That's how you hurt your back. But in fact, the treatment is you should bend forward and lift heavy things in order to make your back resilient so you can lift in the future. Yeah. To tell someone, well, you should never bend forward and lift again that gets in their head. And so you have two options. Never bend and twist again for the rest of your life. Like never pick up a baby again. Never pick up a suitcase again. Never pick, help your friend move a coffee table. Never do that never again. Never drop anything again. Never your drop phone, anything. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. Yes. <laughs> that's it. You drop change on the floor. That's it. I can't bend for the rest because I've hurt my back. I had a disc problem. It's just preposterous the information people get when in fact the treatment should be on day one is to start bending forward and eliminating the fear of bending and twisting. Right. It's the mm -hmm. opposite we should be doing. Now, I'm not saying do it if you got excruciating pain. Pain is your best friend. It's your guide. Right. But too often, our fear over trumps the pain. Right. Now, here's a quote that was sent by an orthopedic surgeon that I greatly respect from Glasgow, Scotland. He's passed away now. He said, fear of pain is more disabling than pain itself. Mm -hmm. mm. That's I why. think that applies yeah. to a lot of things in life. Like... The moment you're scared of something, you are limiting yourself. You're stopping yourself from ever reaching that, right? And I think your body is the same. And it's, it's your brain that's the strongest muscle at the end of the day because it controls everything else. So And it controls, it takes over logic. Yeah. For example, if somebody, um, you know, telling people don't bend and twist because they hurt their back is like telling somebody who was walking and they twisted their ankle, never walk again. Walking is bad for you because walking causes ankle twisting. Yeah, well, that's ridiculous. Don't, don't walk again. <laughs> we need to get you a wheelchair from now on. Right. So you don't walk on it because you should have fear of walking. You know, right. so many people hurt themselves. Thousands of people hurt themselves walking every day. Yeah. So you shouldn't walk anymore. It's like, no, that's just <laughs> preposterous to say something like that. That's fair. And I have a, another question that's slightly um, un. Not necessarily on this, but you know how people follow fads then. So mentally yes. you follow things that everyone's doing because it's a norm. It's like, oh, that's a good thing. So for example, standing desks, right? Yes. That's a new thing that everyone's I working from home. I want one of those. Home. Those are cool. Yeah. So everyone's doing and it. It and seems healthy, I guess, because the fad makes it seem like, oh, it's healthier to stand than to sit. Right. They say sitting is the new smoking and all yeah. these different aspects of your life have changed now, especially COVID. Um, so you're at home and people are getting standing desks. They're getting like home gyms and all these different things. 
And my question to you is as like someone who specifically focuses on this industry of like, you know, wellness through physical wellness, are they all necessary? And like, how do they, how do they affect your life? Is it actually needed for you to get a standing desk, to have the home gym, to actually get that better lifestyle, especially with COVID? Or is there another way to do it? And how do you perceive this whole change in Okay, just ask yourself this. What would a child or a chimpanzee do? Right. Would they get a stand-up desk and stand all day and work? Right? Or would a chimpanzee sit behind a desk, sit somewhere and just work on the computer? No. Right, the whole day? No, they wouldn't. The logic isn't to always stand or always sit. It's basically to move. Right. Right? And I'm not against standing desks, but I'm not for them either. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because the truth is what I promote is variety, a variety of movement. Mm -hmm. So, and they give you an example, like um, one of the things that I promote in my, in my book, you know, health tips to learn from children and chips Mm -hmm. and your physical therapist is that um, for pillow, pillow is very controversial. People ask me all the time, what's the best type of pillow for my neck? Right. And I said, the truth is after decades of research, we have no clue what pillow is the best (laughs) for everyone. Uh There's no such thing. And, but if I have to give one advice about pillow is no pillows, nothing. I haven't used a pillow in over 20 years of my life now. And my children, I raised them so they wouldn't use the pillow. My three girls, well, they were young when I took their pillows away. Like, I got, <laughs> no pillows for you. No pillows. Yeah. <laughs> like one of like Nadia, when she was like, whatever, five, six when that happened. And I went and told her, okay, children, I'm taking your pillows away. They said, no. I said, yeah, because it's better for your neck. And they said, why can't we just be a normal family? And I have pillows because I do lots of that stuff. <laughs> so, but to this day, you don't need pillows. Why don't I use a pillow? Certainly using a pillow is more comfortable. But have you ever seen a gorilla go up a tree and use a pillow? Right. right? The truth is being comfortable is not necessarily better for our health. Mm-hmm. It's rarely better for our health. Right. So when you sleep at night, we are meant to toss and turn and have a variety of movements in our necks. The neck goes this way, neck goes that way. Sometimes you're on your side, sometimes you're on your stomach, and sometimes you're on your back. And that variety is what keeps the body healthy, makes us more resilient. Mm-hmm. I don't have a study on this because no one's done a research study on not using a pillow. There's right. studies on pillows because that makes money, but nothing on not using pillows. But right. when they study African tribes, they just don't have neck pain in their vocabulary, the ones that don't use pillows. It just isn't there. And so, um, but because, and I've been 20 years, I tried to get my wife to get rid of her pillow. And sometimes at night she said, no way, you're not taking my pillow away. I could boss around the kids, (laughs) not my wife. And then so at night, sometimes I scoot over to her side and I put my head on her pillow and she pushes it away. Remember, you wanted to be a gorilla. So stay on your side. (laughs) So... Um, I mean, Arya and I are like that too. I've I've actually gone in and out of that phase of pillows, but to be fair, like for me, there have been times where I've even I've not found it comfortable to sleep on my bed, so I sleep on the ground, a carpeted ground. To be fair, not a hardwood ground, or like if it is, uh, there's a mat or something underneath, and that realigns me so well too. Like I personally really like that, but I know a lot of people are like, are you crazy? That's really bad for you. You shouldn't. So that, I guess, is where the conflicting There's no conflict. It's what you feel good with. Right. And if you, sometimes being uncomfortable on a hard floor, you're going to toss and turn more. You're right. making your body more resilient. Right. If you slept in a bubble wrap all your life, yes, you'd be comfortable, but you're destroying your resiliency. But it's not necessarily good for you either, because in that comfort, you're not aligning yourself the way, you like you're saying evolutionary, your body was designed to be, right? Like... 
tribesmen and everyone else, they didn't have luxurious comforter, you know, bed sheets and all these different luxuries that we have now and the mattresses that are memory foam. So while it's uncomfortable, you're saying it's better for our health. Absolutely. Okay. And um, why do we go for long walks? I mean, it would be much more comfortable to sit on a couch and watch Netflix. Right. Because we know going for that walk or the hill or the hike is better for our health, better for our well-being. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's a lot of a lot of exercise in general, right? People are like, oh, that's too much work for me to go to like to the gym and stuff. But if I'm if I've heard you right my whole life that I've spent time with you, it's that as long as you're moving your body, you're being in a healthy state, right? So, Absolutely. And the movement, there's three criteria. What's the best exercise or movement for people that I tell them? Because they say, what's the best exercise? I said, three criteria. One is, it should be an activity or movement that you will actually do. Right. For example, I don't recommend aqua fitness to someone, somebody who hates the water. I want to go aqua fitness. <laughs> no, no, I don't recommend... I don't recommend yoga classes if people say, I hate yoga. Yeah. But if you love yoga, then you should do it every day. But if you don't like yoga, don't do it. Right. I don't recommend whatever, Pilates, and somebody who could care less about Pilates. Right. Like I did Tai Chi a few sessions and I hated it. <laughs> but I promote Tai Chi to other people who like it. But for me, it was like torture doing Tai Chi. Right. But I would... <laughs> Can't imagine you slowing down. Yeah, like just, just slow right <laughs> But it's fantastic. So not criteria is... What are the activities that you actually will do? Number two is, do you believe it's beneficial to you? Mm -hmm. That's the whole Mm -hmm. placebo effect. If you, say, do walking, but this is not going to do anything for me, then walking is not going to help you. Like, I recommend walking through nature and forests all the time. I go for my hikes at least five times a week to do pole walking through the trails. Um, But if you don't, because I think it's really beneficial to be amongst the trees and the forest, just to be there. For me, but the studies show people who, believe in that like walking in the nature is beneficial do better than the ones who don't believe in it then yeah, it doesn't you're constantly swatting away all the bugs and looking at all the bad things and getting trapped you're not going to want to be there that right? includes going on to the gym if you believe going to the gym is beneficial it's going to help you if you hate going to the gym yeah. it's not going to do it it's that's my problem i don't like going to the gym i yeah. find it boring to go alone and lift weights i like yeah activities then you got to figure out what is right for you so the criteria number one was what would is it an activity that you will do Number two is, is it an activity that you believe is beneficial? Number three is, do you enjoy the activity? Isn't that, that the first, same as the first one? No, that you will do, that you're actually going to do. You can enjoy it and not actually do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, lots of things people enjoy, but they don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoy swimming, but I don't want to get my hair wet all the yeah. time. Okay, yeah, so point. you have the three things. Right. Okay. You got to actually do it, you got to believe in it, and you got to actually enjoy doing it. Okay. That is interesting because i think everyone's always like you know does it target these muscle groups does it do this are you that's the gym you, culture yeah you have to target all the right muscles and one day you do yeah. legs one day you do chest and this and that right yeah. it, 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 it's just nonsense stuff my grandmother is 94 um and she completely independent she goes able to, she was able to walk go up and down the stairs and how many yoga classes do you think my grandmother attended in 94 years yeah she yeah was. how many runs did she go to how many boot camps did she attend her kids yeah like <laughs> how many you know it's just nonsense that you gotta hmm. make exercise so elaborate right and i think i mean i know a lot of us in my generation especially 
when we're working from home, yeah, I know chimpanzees don't don't sit at their desk all day, but a lot of us, that is, you know, you're at that nine to five job, you have to sit at your desk, you have to be available. But I mean, Arya recently started implementing something for himself. Yeah. Um, Should I explain that? Yeah. Explain it. So one day I, I looked in the mirror and I was like, I don't like how big my belly is. So <laughs> I have like a beer belly going on. So I decided every hour during the workday, so from nine to five, every hour my phone is going to give me a notification that I have to do like... 10 push-ups, 10 sit-ups, or like 20 crunches, whatever. Yes. Some some exercise that I have to every hour get away from my computer, like stand up and go do, do my it. exercise yeah. and then go back to work. That is actually brilliant. And that's why I, I bought you guys that hourglass, the one yeah, minute one exercise. Minute. Yeah. It's called the one minute break, one minute postural break. Now, another rant that I have, people say, what's the best type of chair? Oh, yeah. Right? To sit on. You know, what's the best posture to sit on? I'm so much against fixing people's posture. Mm. Like you're sitting, we're sitting, we're sitting on the floor right now. We're all slouched and that's perfectly okay. That's what a child or a chimp would do. So (laughs) one of the things I promoted. That's like your catchphrase. (laughs) What would a chimp do? (laughs) Yes, because sitting on the floor is a healthy thing to do. You need hip mobility, you need back mobility. Now the idea of, you know, sitting slouch is bad for you has been promoted for decades now, and it's just utter nonsense. All it does is puts fear-mongering into people. Don't sit slouch. Oh, I got neck pain, back pain. I'm to blame. And it makes people feel like crap because I got bad posture. Right. The idea of bad posture is just stupid. There is no such thing as bad posture. Mm-hmm. Right? But if you're doing something for an extended period of time, that's what makes it bad then. Correct. But that goes for anything. (laughs) So sitting slouch is not bad for you. It's not moving that's bad for you. Here, I'll give you an example right now. Turn your neck right now, everybody who's listening also, to the right, all the way. Turn your neck to the right. Go ahead. Now hold it there for one hour. All right? (laughs) Then after an hour, I want you to come back. You don't have to hold it. You can come back. (laughs) What do you think would happen after an hour when you had your neck coming back? It's going to feel sore and stiff after an hour. Now, does that mean turning to the right is bad for your neck? You should never turn your neck to the right. Never turn your neck to the left either. Never look down or never look up because it's all bad for your neck. No. They're just turning to the right is a fundamental thing that our neck does. It's just holding it there for an hour. It's frankly stupid. A monkey would never do that. And a child would never do that. But humans, we sit on the computer and not move for a whole hour. Yeah. But it doesn't matter if you're in a perfectly straight up tall posture or in a right. sack posture. Now, so people, how often do you think people should get up from their desks? Um, I don't want to give a criteria. Okay. Whenever, you should actually feel when your body needs it. That's the ideal goal rather than have a regimen. Now, a regimen is good. At least it gets you started. In an ideal world, you should feel it yourself and okay. listen to your body. That's what it comes down to. We're so detuned and detached from our body. Should I cross my leg to the right or try my left? I said, don't ask me that. Just <laughs> do whatever you want to do. So how would you then find ways of telling people who are so detached to find that alignment and tuning with their body? Someone who's literally like, you know, I, I'm, I follow every fad, I do everything but they don't listen to themselves. How would you tell them a, like a first step to get started, to feel more in tune with themselves or anything that you personally have done to, to find that? Well, that's why exercise like yoga are so popular because they increase your awareness of your body. Right. Doing novel stuff is the single best thing you can do. Like if you do the same yoga routine all the time, you, that becomes automatic again also. Right. So doing Tai Chi, the same movements all the time, it becomes automatic routine. This really the secret to 
human health is to have a variety of movements yeah. and that you're learning all the time. Mm-hmm. A movement. For example, walk backwards sometimes, like 10 steps. Walk sideways a few steps. Those windy days Turn that around. come around. Yeah. I mean, dance. Like, when I say dance, I mean, just right now, act like a chimpanzee. Go, move your arms. Like, that's good for your shoulders. <laughs> you just moved it. Right? Yeah. And okay. a lot of people can't do that. Like, I mean... Um, I've, I've been raised around a family that is more like that and Arya hasn't and so we were out yeah. one day and we were on an empty rooftop and I was like just dance with me like you don't have to do it no one's watching us right but a lot of us are scared of what I guess everyone else is thinking about you and what everyone else will say about the way you act or work or any of those things and I guess that's the number one thing so yeah. if I had to say what the single most value effective exercises for health and well-being single one you know yeah. out of weight training pilates blah 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 yoga and stuff, dance why? i would put dance higher than anything else now why do you say that? why yeah why because you usually do it with music mm-hmm. there's feeling there's awareness of your body with it it's usually not forced like not many people dread dancing if they truly dance with their heart right and I'm a crappy dancer. My wife says I have no rhythm, but I don't. The great thing about me is I don't care that I can't <laughs> dance and I don't have rhythm. You just enjoy it. I just enjoy any movement that I do. So, yes. And I can't say I dance a certain style. It's the Baron Jam <laughs> style of dancing. I, I, I dance like a child or a chimpanzee would do, if you there can visualize go. that. Yeah. <laughs> just moving your arms all around. Yeah. So... Dancing is a put on any music and it usually makes people feel good, especially with doing it with music. Right. And especially if you can do it where you feel free. Like, I mean, a lot of people feel like they have to go to a club to dance or something like that. But you can dance anywhere, right? Like you have you dance at home. M- music and that's it. So often my prescription is, what's your favorite type of music? Doesn't matter if it's rock or <laughs> if it's, you know, Persian dance music, right. whatever it is. We're going to put it on for five minutes whether it's salsa, and I want you to dance. I said, what have you danced to before? And literally in the clinic, I go on YouTube, scroll down, put on the music, and I dance with my patients. And again, they (laughs) have said, I haven't done this in years. I said, why not? Because I didn't think I could, or I didn't think it was beneficial. So going back to the dance that you did years ago, there's no amount of core exercises, planks, that will compare to doing this. Right. But people just think it's stupid. And that goes back, I guess, to what you said about variety because you're, you're moving your body in different ways. Unless you're doing a choreographed dance, you're generally... Yeah. When I say dance, I would be not so much to ballet. <laughs> a ballet, like ballerinas, where they have to point their toes and do the same movement again and again exactly. Right. That's probably not so. I'm talking, talking about freedom. free-flowing. Free-flowing. Freestyle. Freestyle dance, right? Yeah. Any dance that you have to do things exactly the same way, that's for competitors and competition stuff. Yeah. I understand why they do it. I'm not judging them. That's wonderful that they do that. Right. But they also increase the risk of injuries. Right. But if you want to reduce your risk of injury in health, it's the freestyle of dance, that you're not doing it to be judged, marked. You just move. My style of dancing. Right. And you can do that at any age, right? So even if you're any age. Even if you're ninety, you can be dancing on the dance floor of your house. Yes. (laughs) Well, those are all interesting things. Um, this is unrelated to the health and fitness thing, but going back to your forest talk, how do you think nature influences our health? And how do you think I mean, I know there's different studies on different things like grounding and all the the implementation of nature around you but 
Do you think that helps your patients feel better in any way? Do you ever prescribe that as anything for them? Now, mindfulness meditation right. has become very trendy in the last 20 years, yep. though it's been around for thousands of years. Yep. Um, it means uh, sitting there non-judgmentally right. with the, uh, your own breath and your own body and mm -hmm. awareness. Mm -hmm. now, it's, now, there's literally thousands of studies supporting its benefits, right. meaning from mental health, depression, anxiety, pain, you name it. It, it helps sleep, you name it. It's become almost too trendy now. Too trendy in a way, people say, oh, I am doing mindfulness, right. right? And it's not something you do or you say for 10 minutes, for half an hour, which is wonderful if you don't do it. I'm not knocking people who are doing it. Right. But it doesn't have to be that you sit there with your eyes closed on top of a Himalaya mountain and listen to your breath. That is one component. And many people are turned off that concept, unfortunately. Right. They think if I sit with my thoughts, I actually think negative, more negative thoughts. It makes me feel worse. So I've moved a little bit away from just sitting there and breathing, even though I do it myself. Mm -hmm. And I've always promoted it for decades. Um, it's called just walking and paying attention to the, your environment around you. Listen to the birds. That's mindfulness. Mm. Look at the trees. Look at the leaf. That sounds That's, more enjoyable too. It's, it's mindfulness. So you it's being present and just... Correct. Like, and it takes conscious effort to do it. Right. Right. Yeah. And one of the, if they say, you know what, I can't go for walks because I got back pain, knee pain, arthritis, whatever. Well, can you sit, you know, for a period of time? Mm -hmm. Now, how long should I sit for? I said, I'm not going to give you a timeline. Like you can sit somewhere for an hour and just connect with one tree. Right. The word connect is just find a tree and just connect with it. It sounds silly. Not many people would do that for even five minutes, never mind an hour. Right. And I did something last week that was like one of the biggest challenges that I've ever done. I said, I'm going to try to sit in one spot for three hours. Oh my God. You are, you have been restless this whole time you've been sitting here. I cannot yes. imagine. No, no. I walk around. Sit meaning <laughs> not talk to anyone, oh, okay. not be on my phone, um, not, no, no reading, nothing. Just sit and connect with nature or a tree for okay. three hours. Okay. And I put a timer on. And I did it for three hours. I put a timer on. I had my phone in my pocket, but I, of course, didn't reach it. It was on airplane mode. But I had the... Uh, the timer on because I said I'm only going to stop when that timer hits three hours it was 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. that I did it okay I sat in my backyard and I've never done this before in my right. life and for three hours I just sat there and after the first hour you're going this is so painful <laughs> and the more uncomfortable something is the better it is right it was so uncomfortable and then I started to look at a leaf on a tree I had a just giant um, maple tree in my backyard and the leaf started to talk to me <laughs> so the whole point was I wasn't about to socialize with anyone, yet I was socializing with this tree and this leaf. And this leaf talked to me, and I did take pen and paper with me in case I wanted to write down a thought. Yeah. And I wrote a poem because okay. about that leaf that was talking to me. Reminds me of Pocahontas when really? she's um yeah when she's talking to the mother tree and you know like she's she's talking about how nature flows around you and it's always talking to you and that movie I think has a lot of symbolism. About the, and Avatar. An avatar. The, the tree. Show. No, the no, not the movie avatar. Oh, yes. oh the, the life tree. The life tree. Yeah. So anyhow, but that's uh, what I mean is uh, the, the leaf began to talk to me and I wrote a poem about it. And you want to read your poem? I would love to read my poem. <laughs> no, one's heard, no one's heard it. This would be the premiere of that poem. Let's, Let's hear, hear the leaf poem. Here, the leaf poem. I want to figure out how to uh, you know, publish that poem, but I'm thinking of making a leaflet out of it. 
<laughs> no pun intended. No pun intended. So this, when I say I talk to the tree, I don't mean verbally talk to the tree, but emotionally talk to that. Your neighbors leaf. must have looked over and been like, "Hey, what's this?" My thing? neighbor actually did look and was concerned because me came. My wife came out and. It says, are you guys okay? She thought we were fighting, that I was just sitting in the backyard <laughs> facing a tree. That's funny. <laughs> For hours, because she's never seen me. Funny. She goes, no, no, he's just having some alone time. <laughs> but for three Try hours. that corner like children have. So, all right, maybe I'll end off with this poem with you guys. All right, it, it's, the title is My Conversation with Not Just a Leaf. Mm-hmm. Hello there. Can we talk, please? I'll make it brief. Please give me a moment, because I'm not just a leaf. Among all these trees and leaves, I know that you will find me. Go ahead and choose just one, because you will see. It doesn't matter which, because you'll always choose me. Now look at me, stare at me, truly see and acknowledge me. Will you take the time to speak with me? Why are you here? You may ask of me. I shall reply quietly. I am the tree, and the tree is me. It may appear that I'm carefree, that I don't do much other than hang and be. Trust me, there's so much I could teach you, if you would only allow me. Your first instinct must be, what could a simple leaf possibly teach me? I may be just one leaf like any, mostly unnoticed, like many. Let's have a conversation, I plea. Then you'll understand my purpose and reason to be. You'll realize that you're no different than me. As you, I'm filled with life, spirit, and energy. I depend on the tree, and the tree depends on me. To keep me alive, to keep me green and hanging on, the water and food from the soil are what I rely on. The roots, the trunk, and the branches bring them all to me. I thank the soil for offering them so I can be. I do my best to give back. It's only fair. I absorb the sun and take in the air. Although I may be small, I give the tree its life so it can stand tall. I won't always be green, as you will see. Come one day, my color will change, and dry I will be. I will wilt away, I will fall and cease to be. But I won't be done as I'll once again give, become soil for all trees so that they may live. In your eyes, I'll be gone, but I'm really not. I live on. I'm not just a leaf. I am the tree, and the tree is me. I will always be every leaf and tree that will ever be. And you're no different than me. Is that it? Wow, that was beautiful. Have you done poetry before? Not really. That was the first poem. I I write songs because I play guitar and sing, but this was the first poem I wrote about nature. That that was so nice. After three hours, I had that connection. That's, That's awesome. Beautiful. That was a really nice poem. Yeah, I got goosebumps at the very end. I was just like sitting here. Yeah, the sitting. whole point is is that we're really, if going back to the indigenous philosophy, mm-hmm. which they really have it right. There's, there's no way that they can be wrong that how the, all the spirits in the world were interconnected, but we're so you know, divided right now right. that we think I am a human, that's an animal, that's a leaf, that's a tree, that's a soil, yeah. inanimate, and it's... Um, it's and we call things it like I even call a tree it when you know you shouldn't right because it get, allows us to disrespect it. Use the right pronouns. Yeah, use the right pronouns, but we don't have those pronouns because the European thing is we call things it a rock and it, so we can it allows us to disrespect it. It's funny because so, every time we walk out, sorry, uh, let's go ahead. 
every time I walk outside, sometimes in the evening, Arya's like, he jokingly goes like, oh, are you scared of walking on the grass because you're waking it up? And I'm like, yeah, as a child, I was always raised like plants are sleeping at night just like humans are. Don't bother them. Don't make them. <laughs> and so it's funny because I genuinely believe that. I'm like, oh, you're bothering them too, just like you would a human being. Because I do think, you know, they're not the same level of sentient that we are, but I think they have that. Right. So you could argue you're making the grass more resilient by walking <laughs> on it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> right. I'll walk on it during the day, but... um. Are Just have awareness of it. That's all. Correct. Yeah. Awareness of every leaf. Not mm-hmm. constantly or else you'd get exhausted. Right. And your body. Yeah. Arya, did yeah. you have something to add? I was going to ask, do you think we don't know the pronouns, the correct pronouns for like trees and plants and stuff, or they just don't exist in our language anymore? Uh, there's an excellent book. I don't remember who said it. My daughter let me read a chapter written by an indigenous person. And it was that, you know, in the European languages, the majority of the words are nouns, right? right? In indigenous language, the majority of words are verbs, very few nouns, because nouns are possessive, like you own that and that and that. Like a stream, a river is not a noun, it's a being. Like it says being a river, because it's Mm -hmm. alive, the water flows through it. You're Mm -hmm. being a tree, it's not a noun. Right. So, and the reason the Europeans use the word it and make things now only humans are worthy is because it gives us right to disrespect it, to cut down trees at the way we want to, to destroy the land the way we want to, because that's how we are more important than anything else versus that interconnectedness. Which is interesting because we call ourselves human beings. Yes, so but only we are. We are the only things that are the beings in that state. We're the most self-centered and selfish beings on the earth. Right. Because we think we are it. But in reality, everything else is a being and we are it. And if you talk to a leaf, it says, you're no different than me. That was very well written. That was very well written. Good job. Thank you. Beautiful. (laughs) My first time sharing it. (laughs) And that was our debut live on our podcast. You heard it here. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first. (laughs) No, but um, we hope that, you know, anyone listening to this, Takes a chance. Takes a chance to a reevaluate how you're going about your health and how you perceive your own health and fitness and well-being journey, because your body always understands things better than you do. And you know, as long as you're not harboring fear or negative emotion, I think that also goes back to just like you know, you're scared to even feel hurt or sick. You know how people are like, are you in pain? Like, I'm not in pain. I'm not in pain. But it's like, even admitting that you have that pain is, you know, feeling your body and your being. Um, yes. And I think you've shared a lot of wisdom on just how to connect back to it and, and what you should do in order to feel in tune and also find the right healthcare provider. Cause those are really yeah. important. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, if, I'm emphasizing, never say, Oh, I'm in pain. I'm not going to see a doctor. <laughs> I just said, don't go on Google. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see no, a doctor you great. trust. Right. And doctors are there to help you. And that's the main thing, right? You want to find someone who's there to help you and get you on track for where you want to be. You are my favorite doctor. Every time I've broken a bone, (laughs) torn anything, I've come over to you. Just just avoid any doctor or healthcare provider that does fear mongering, I call it. Correct. Oh, you're out of alignment. We need to put you back in shape. Oh, this core is weak. Oh, your posture is bad. Yeah. Or this bone is out. It's just nonsense stuff. And I mean, the book that I was reading, You Are Placebo, talks a lot about this. And if you, if I don't know if you've ever read it, but I personally found it really interesting. It talks about, you know, even Joe Dispenza um, f- 
fix his entire back. Yeah, like the full crushed spine, his mm. entire spinal cord had been crushed and doctors told him you need you're never going to walk basically after that but he fixed himself mm. because he believed it he knew he could do it and i guess um take that with a grain of salt obviously certain things you you want to follow your doctors but um listen to yourself as we've discussed as well any Wonderful. last words you'd like to add or last words is um Talk, talk about talk. your book a little bit too. Yeah, you have your... Plug, going, yourself. plug <laughs> yourself. Yeah, it's on Amazon. Health tips to learn from children, chimps, and your physical therapist. And I got things where I talk about the importance of squatty potty, like squatting when you'd go for a dump in the mornings. It's good for your health. <laughs> Not using pillows, as I said. Um, it's a going really for a quick walk, read. Morning yeah, stretches. Read. Yeah, I read it on one commute. Walking barefoot, which is a children and chimps do. We don't do that. So our feet become baby and we're more likely to have pain because they're not resilient. Right. It's just mm -hmm. simple things that we've moved away from. Every day sitting on the floor, going into a squat position. Yeah. We don't do that stuff. So we're losing the resiliency. And it's, and it's like a really easy read. Anyone can literally read this and you can implement it immediately. Taking the stairs instead of the escalator. You know what I can't stand? Let me get this off my chest. Is <laughs> people who push the handicapped disabled button to open doors. Oh right? We do that every day. Don't do that. There's a specific, it's meant for people in wheelchairs that, you know, when they open the door, the wheelchair gets in the way. Right. Or, if you, or if you got, you know, paralysis of your arms or something. <laughs> but for able-bodied people, open the friggin' door with your arms. I mean, that's, if you don't use your arms, when else are you going to use your arms? Yeah, we got these new things where there's sensors. Yeah, we have like waves. You just wave. Well, that's for COVID reasons. Yeah. That's a lazy 101. <laughs> Anyhow, that's my rant. That's interesting. That's good note to leave it on. <laughs> yes. Yes. And uh, you also have social media. What's your Instagram um, for people who want to know more about you or connect with you? And uh, well, my social media is not that I ate dinner here or I had a big no, no, dump today. It's, it's, <laughs> it's relevant to. What it's Aptai Barum Jam. So right. my name B A H R A M and Jam. And but it's uh, it's just information, or if they want to connect with you, and uh, feel free to reach out with us if you have any more questions or anything you know interesting to share feedback. As always, thank you for taking the time to listen. Thanks, guys. We hope you got one percent better, and have the best week ever. Thanks, Byron. My pleasure. <laughs>